I, I keep walking past this shop that sells Four loco, and I keep thinking I should buy some. What's Four loco? It's that drink that was banned in America. It's like... Oh, vodka and... Yeah. Vod- it's like a vodka energy drink, and it comes in a massive can. It comes in like a one litre can or something. I don't know. A can as well? It's something like 12% in like some massive can. It's just like... But if it's a can, they expect you to drink it all in one yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. I think people are just like slamming these things and they're like, it's like this massive, massive can. And they're selling it in this like convenience store that I walk past every day on the way to work. And I keep thinking, I should buy one of these cans of Four loco On the way to work. Maybe not on the way to work. I keep thinking, I think it would be really funny. I should buy one and we should drink it on the podcast and get progressively more and more wrecked. No, because I think I'd be too sensitive too sensitive <laughs> for you to be, like i couldn't take your abuse i think you'll get too real oh dear i'm a total lightweight i would be like probably throwing up by the end yeah but you the words <laughs> you would, would say i would dish it out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like no filter it could get violent as well i don't know i know i'm a sleepy drunk i just fall asleep you just hear snoring by the end of the podcast be a great there'll, podcast. Be, there'll be six hours of snoring but it has the energy drink in there yeah that's true you're right it's gonna be six hours of partying so what happened when I drank vodka Red Bulls? I just got really obnoxious. I didn't like myself when I drank vodka Red Bull. Got really obnoxious? Yeah. Oh, you're such a bastard. Sorry, it's just so obvious. Oh, one more thing is I've, I've, I've now got 4G data. I signed up for three finally. You got 4G? No, 21 mega. Yeah. Bits, though. 4G, yeah. That's a lot of bits. Well, don't you have the same amount of bits? No, I have I've on yeah, 3G. I have 7.2. This one's only 108. Yeah. What? Yeah. How many, uh, how many mega, how many gigabytes of I, data do you get? Three. Oh, okay. Do, do and uh, what happens after three? Do you get cut off? Stopped, yeah. Okay. Stopped. I'm paying 108 for 7.2 unlimited. What? But I, well, no, no, it's not really unlimited. I get four gigabytes. That's, that's good. And then after that, I get throttled. Yes, to death a- by a garot wire. No, just at 128 kilobits. Why are we talking about our mobile phone contracts on the pre-chat? Because I've, I've made it. I've, I've made it. I'm a successful person now. I've gone from 384 kilobits per second. To, to 4G. 4G. You know, up to now, I've browsed the internet without pictures. I didn't even realise that I was on 384 kilobits for like a year. Because they just called me up and they had a Cantonese person speaking to me at first. And then... Then they switched to English because they realized I couldn't speak Cantonese. But they were just like, oh, yeah, unlimited 3G. And I was like, unlimited? They're like, yeah, yeah, unlimited. Do you want to renew your contract? It's $78 a month. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Unlimited $78. That's good. And they didn't tell me that it was 384 kilobits. What was it before? 7.2. They pulled you down? Yeah, because I used to be on the 7.2. And then I had a year on 384 kilobits. I was just really confused. It was only when I actually looked at my contract online that I was like, Oh, uh, that's why my internet's been so bad for the last year. I thought 3G had just got really congested. Anyway, I renewed it. I'm on 7.2 again now. So turns out I'm not, I'm not the only fool here. Yeah, I've done plenty of stupid things. I, t- I told you also my router blew up. But it really blew up. It's not you left it unplugged or something. No, 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 no. So not that much of a fool. So the router, I came home and the lights were on, but not blinking. And it was like, Oh, this is odd. So I turned it off and turned it on again, as you do. And it's probably the first time I've actually turned it off in the years that I've owned it, because it's been a very reliable router. Turned it off, lights go off. Turned it back on again, lights still off. This isn't a good sign. So yeah, it just 
blew something inside and just doesn't work anymore. So I went out to buy a new router and the computer center was really crowded. And usually I go around and check the prices and find a good deal. And this time I was like, oh, it's so hot and it's so crowded. I just can't be asked. And it's usually always the same price anyway. So I just went into a shop that wasn't crowded. I was like, how much for this one? How much for that one? And they gave me some prices. I was like, okay, fine. I'll take that one. Bought it. Walked out the shop. Round the corner, on the way out the computer center, I see another shop with the same router, $300 less. Three, that's like 30 quid. That's why the other one wasn't crowded. Yeah, I know. 30 quid's quite a lot. I so feel like a dumbass. So obviously the right thing to do is ask and get it refunded. The right thing to do would have been to go back and say, uh, actually, I want a refund. Yeah. But what I actually did was like, I'm such a moron, but I can't stand to be in here one second longer. And I left. I went home. And I plugged in my £30 overpriced router. But it worked perfectly fine. And who yeah, cares? Because the other one doesn't work, obviously. It's fine. It's fine. It's, fine, got, it's fine. You got the one that who worked. Can, the important thing is, I've got internet again. So, you know, I was getting the shakes. Did you get the same one? No, I got the model above. They don't make the one I had anymore because it's been a few years. So I had the choice between getting an Asus or Asus. Is that how you say it? I, I would say Asus. I say Asus, but apparently it's Asus. Whatever. I got an AC68. But the current top end is an AC88, but it was a hundred pounds more. So I thought I don't really need an 88. Does it have like six antennae? The 88 has eight gigabit ethernet ports, more antennae. It can probably microwave things from across the room. So you can just like hold up a donut and say, warm this up for me. And the voice recognition will recognize it. And the MIMO antennas will focus microwaves onto it. I might have made that up. I don't think it's worth £100 more. Oh, that's definitely worth £100 more. <laughs> the thing is, I don't care. Oh, we have to start. It seems like a strange and confusing day today. I'm not sure what's going on. I think it's because it's late and we're both tired. What time do you sleep? What time do I sleep? Yeah. 2. <laughs> 2 a.m. That's nothing, though. I told you, like, oh, dear, some of the people at Retro Games meet up. Some of them just never sleep. Jeez, I mean, they came around and they're playing computer games till like three or four in the morning and then, then they went home, except they went home via LKF and decided to go for a drink. And then they got home at like seven. You can't see it. I'm just making a shocked face. The last time. Oh, it makes me sound old. It just makes me sound old when I say the last time I, I got home at seven. 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Not 7 p.m. People always joke like, I'm Cinderella. I must be in bed by 3.30 a.m. Otherwise, my face will drop off or something. Uh, 3.30? Yeah, exactly. It's just so uncivilized. You just don't have the energy. How can people sustain this level of partying? It's clearly the four loco. This is clearly the way forward. Just, <laughs> I'm going to have to buy some four loco. You know what we're saying? Like, what should we do for the Christmas episode? We just record an episode that's the Christmas episode where we drink a can of four loco. Really? No, I don't know. I don't, this might not be funny at all. It might be one of those episodes where... <laughs> we can't release it. I, I can't get hold of April, so I have to leave a voicemail for myself so that when someone has to work out what's happened to me, they just call my voicemail. You've reached Ting's phone. Ting is probably in a ditch somewhere <laughs> at these coordinates. Or if this is April, use Find My iPhone to find out where I've passed out. Please rescue me. Whatever, whatever. Are we still on pre-chat? It's confusing. I feel like we've just done a lot of pre-chat. Until we say those important words, welcome to Lost Levels Club, then the pre-chat's over.
Okay, after 28 minutes of pre-chat that I'll probably have to cut down to three. Can we make it a thing where you have to greet your special sunflowers? Hello. So we have here today, Sir Michael. Hello. (laughs) And myself. Tingathy. Thank you. We are a book club for games, but not today. Are we going to mention we're still playing Earthbound? You still need to play up until... Monkey Caves? You'll know when you get there. Will you? Because I obviously have not got there yet. Yeah, you'll know. Okay, I think I'm still a way off. I've been busy. Anyway, let's talk about what you're playing. You've been playing a lot of stuff, so it's about time we caught up with you. Yeah, well, I've been playing Earthbound, obviously, but also a whole list of stuff. Yeah, where do you want to start? I want to start with Dark Souls DLC. I'm not sure how much to say about it, because... Part of the charm of Dark Souls is the whole discovering it for yourself. It's like, Dark Souls spoilers, OMG. Some people get really pissed off about Dark Souls spoilers. Actually, myself included. Just say whether you liked it or not. I did like it. There were some big surprises. There were some moments when I was playing the DLC. And at first it was just like, la da 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 And then it was like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Or actually like startling in my seat and almost falling out of it. Really? And having and moments of actually wanting to run away in real life. I was so shocked. Like trying to run away in the game. Like, ah! And rolling backwards frantically. And also kind of backing away in my office chair. <laughs> You're just checking I haven't had some sort of mental break. No, no, no. I'm exaggerating. But there, yeah, there were a few moments in the, in the DLC that were quite shocking. Was it easy? Was it hard? I don't know. I just carried on playing with my... I've got my endgame character that... The last save just before you beat the last boss of the main game. So I saved it there. And I just took that character into the DLC. So I have a level 80-ish character. It was good. I enjoyed it. I summoned people to help me with the bosses. I did try and fight them solo. But, uh, it's hard. I'm just trying to think, how many bosses are there in the DLC? Did I do... The two of them I definitely summoned help for. I wish you had made this more clear to me when we were playing Dark Souls 3. That it was okay to summon help. That you must summon help. You don't have to summon help. Well, I really got stuck. Let's make this clear. If you're good, you do not need to summon help. But I'm not that good. You should have told me. Ting, you're not that good. You must summon help. Well, I usually try and fight the boss on my own two or three times before I will summon help. And... It's interesting, actually, because, going off on a tangent now, Bloodborne on the PS4, I don't know what the hell was up with the matchmaking for that game, but I could never summon anyone. I would often try and summon someone and be waiting half an hour for someone to show up. But they would show up. Well, no. I mean, even sometimes after half an hour, it was just like, oh, this is a waste of time. I have to, I'm just going to have to have another go solo. And I remember trying to fight one of the bosses in one of the Chalice Dungeons, I'm just going to say the name, it's not really a spoiler, the Amygdala in the Chalice Dungeon. There's two times you fight it, once outside and once inside the Chalice Dungeon, which is an optional work version. And OMG, I was stuck on that freaking boss for so long because I couldn't summon help because it was literally taking half an hour to summon someone and then they would either DC or they would just get one-shotted at the beginning and be like, well, that was a waste of half an hour of my life. And that is the one time when I... You know where they say, oh, get good. I genuinely did get good for that boss. 
when I finally stopped trying to summon people and actually just put in three solid hours of fighting it solo, the last time I fought it, I didn't get hit once. I completely no hit murdered that boss, no trouble. And I was just like, oh, so this is what it takes. But just seriously, most of the time I just, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm just going to summon someone and move on. So I'll give it a few tries and then I'll be like, yeah, yeah, okay. I've, I felt like I've got the flavor of it. Now let's win. Okay. I really want to talk about everyone's gone to the rapture. Yeah, because it was, it's free on PSM Plus. Everybody, everyone. Everybody's gone to the rapture. That one. Is it what you expected? I watched 15 minutes and I really felt I got a good feel for the story. Is it what we expected? What we discussed? It's actually way more linear than I realized. It's the same people who made Dear Esther, isn't it? Who made it. And I haven't played Dear Esther. So I don't know if this is just how their games are, but I, for some reason, expected it to be more freeform, like you're exploring this deserted village. That's what it looked like to me. But it's really not. There's actually several distinct story arcs, and you are kind of just following it. There's like a linear path through the village. And you're guided. But yeah, you're you're guided. There's a light, and you follow the light, and it kind of leads you to the important plot points. So you can't fail in. You well, it did actually glitch out on me. In one of the sections, the light kind of just got stuck on a piece of geometry and just sat there, and so it wasn't leading me around, and I had to try and find the important bits. And I actually managed to exit the area and move on to the next bit of the story without without actually getting that bit of the story finished. So I actually had to go back and then restart it to make it unstick itself. So I could have actually missed that section of the story. It was interesting. But no surprises. Mm, no, I think it, it had some surprises. Well, yeah, I did quite enjoy it. It was quite subtle. Like it's, um, it's not quite so in your face. There's a lot of the story that's implied. So on the surface, it's one thing. But if you think about the implications of what just happened and think about how this relates to other snippets of the story you've seen before, it makes you realize, you know, it makes you it's kind of revealing to you a bigger picture without explicitly saying this happened. You know, it's kind of saying this happened. And another bit says that happened. And if you put two and two together, it's like, oh, this happened. So it's quite an interesting story. The kind of overarching sci-fi bit of it's a little bit odd. But, yeah, I don't know. It's not really following the rules. It's practically magic, but whatever. You know, I enjoy magic too. Sometimes you'll even allow it. How is Sunless Sea going for you? Hmm, interesting. It's actually going quite well. I don't know. It's because I've now just... I've watched probably 50 episodes of let's play i watched like 20 something episodes the first time i watched 30 something episodes this time of this guy's let's play of sunless sea and i've obviously just absorbed so much sunless sea knowledge that i'm actually still fine you know when you start sunless sea it's like a roguelite permadeath kind of game it says your first captain will probably die others may fare better well my first captain hasn't died yet you know a dozen hours in and I've got thousands of echoes. I've got enough to buy a decent ship. 
but I haven't bought the ship because I'm saving up to buy like a totally badass ship. Let's talk about your wind condition. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, the wind condition still seems like a very long, 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 long way away. As Kevin would say, "Oh, long," because you have to pick your wind. What do you have to pick your wind condition at the start? I'm not sure if it's optional. You're, I think you're actually allowed to decline to reveal your past at the beginning and choose it later. But I picked it at the start. So you have to choose your origin. I chose you are a natural philosopher, i.e. a scientist. I'm not sure that was actually a sensible choice, but it was the one I liked the sound of the most. And, well, the win conditions you're allowed to choose from, if you don't have the expansion pack, which I don't, and I think I think there are secret win conditions too, but I obviously don't have those, or don't you can't pick those because they're a secret. You can choose from become rich and retire. So I think you buy like a big mansion and retire. Find your father's bones, which is something about your father was a sailor and his bones were lost at sea and try and recover his bones and give them a decent burial. Or become a famed explorer. And I think to become a famed explorer or the most famed explorer, you have to write... I might I might even be wrong about this. I don't even know. I think you have to write the Song of the Sea or the Zong of the Z because it's like lots of Zs. They love it. And for that, you need 77 Tales of Terror, 77 Sea Stories. 77, you, know, you, need, you need all these things. And I've got like five Sea Stories and like 10 Tales of Terror and I need 77 of each. Is it 77 Secrets? I don't know. You need 77 of a lot of stuff. And I'm just thinking, How? I'm not sure I've just picked the chumps victory condition or like the grind fest one. I'm actually wondering if I'll be able to get one of the secret ones more easily and just actually just go for that instead. But you have to start again then. No, I don't think so. I think the secret ones you can just get secretly. But they must have put together enough story for you to do the 77 by 70, no, not by 77 times X. Yeah, I think one. so. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if actually that's when you need to go for from the start and start hoarding everything. And I've just been profligately going, la la la, let's spend this, let's buy that. Yeah, I don't know. I think you can also just retire. I think, I think you might be able to just do the become rich one whenever you like. I'm not sure. The Father's Bones one, I think you have to pick because that, that opens up different story options. We'll check again next time. Check next time, whatever. Yeah, well, I'll probably have died by next time. Like, yeah, so it turns out my first captain died, but it doesn't matter. I I have an ironclad will and I have a child. Though you have to, the child has not yet gone to sea. So this is the whole, like, your legacy. If you manage to save up enough money to buy a better house and write a will, then you're allowed to have a legacy and you can pass things on to the next captain in the line should you die. And if you have a child, then you're allowed to pick two things to pass on. Things yeah. like your money or your sea chart or your skill points, essentially. No, oh, that's very interesting. Makes it hard, but not only in the aspect you want it to be. Yeah, I think you are expected to die. You know, if your captain dies, the next captain will inherit a 50% bonus to at least one of the skill points. And if you have the child, then a 50% bonus to two of the skill points, like 50% of your captains of that skill. And I think you can probably choose an origin for that captain. So you'll get a massive skill point boost relative to your first captain and you can keep doing this. So I think eventually you will just become a total rockstar ninja, but 
Yeah. Pirate. Pirate. <laughs> Pirate Rockstar Ninja ticking all the boxes. Is it called ab- abduction or is it something abduction or abduction something? It is just abduction. So, yes, the next game I've been playing because it was it was only 120 Hong Kong dollars. That's really cheap for a rich person. For a rich It's 10 pounds. That's less than I wasted on my router. <laughs> Who's a fool? Thanks. Thanks, Ting. No, but 120 Hong Kong dollars, that's really cheap. I don't know, because the Hong Kong store on Steam does seem to have cheaper prices now than the UK, certainly. I mean, it didn't when they first switched to Hong Kong dollars, but it definitely does now. And it was also on the daily deal. So it had a further reduction. So it was only £10, basically. And it also has Oculus Rift support. So I thought, ah, finally a reason to use my Oculus. What what controls do you use? So you've got a choice. You can actually use the Xbox little clicker thing. It's a little, it's like a tiny little puck that fits in your hand and it's got basically arrow keys and like a use button on it. The other option is to use an Xbox One controller. And if you're using, well, actually in either case, you can choose the control scheme. So you can have smooth movement, which is not recommended. They actually say like not recommended. Or you can have like point to point teleportation movement. And it's actually quite neat. If you're in like teleport mode, it's a lot like Mist. Since I've actually, weirdly, I've always wanted to play Mist. I had it on one of my old, old, old PCs. It was like my first CD-ROM game uh, because it came on CD. But it would only run in 256 color mode. And you had to, back in the day, in the ancient past, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, you had to reboot your machine when you wanted to change the color depth. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. And also... Why the hell would you change the color depth? But back in the day, you used to want to have to do this. So I had to reboot my machine into 256 color mode in order to be able to play Mist. And again, it's like, ain't nobody got time for that. So I played it maybe once or twice. I, You know, it was such a faff to play this damn game. But I always feel like I've missed some critical piece of gaming history by not playing it. So Obduction is made by the people who made Mist. You bought Mist? Because it came free with a CD drive. I always go to, I don't know, was it Curry's, Dixon's or PC World and it always be their number one best-selling game. Yeah. Mist. Who the f- is buying Mist? It looks shit. You know what? We should play it as a book club game now. I'm going to pick it. I'm like, well, who's playing this? What is this? Where's the blood? Where's the blood? Where's the, sh- where's the guns? The, also, the funny thing is now you've got real Mist. You can actually play Mist in a 3D engine and walk around it, which actually just is exactly what Obduction is like. So... If you're playing Obduction not in VR, you just walk around it in a 3D world. And if you're playing Obduction in VR, you can still walk around it in a 3D world if you like. But I did actually try it. So originally I was playing with a teleporting movement because that's what was recommended. And I thought, ah, oh, it's fine. I've got a strong stomach. Let me try playing it with the free movement. And I almost fell over. <laughs> so I was standing up playing it because... It, you know, it had more presence of my character because I, I, I was my eye height was at a more sensible level. That's the viral video. That's the viral video. And Why I, didn't you do it? <laughs> exactly. And then I was like, "Oh, it's fine." You know, I'm going to try this free movement mode. So I, I paused it, clicked it, changed it to free movement, unpaused it, tried to take a step, 
And then immediately I was like, what, ah, what just happened? Like immediately my brain and my body had a violent falling out and this intense feeling of vertigo and nausea. And I was like, let's not do that again. I feel we should do it to Kevin. I don't want him to fall over and rip out <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. The glass <laughs> shatters as well. I think I might be overrating it. It might just be that if I persisted, I would have got used to it, but you can't risk it. Well, it was, again, it was really late at night and I thought no one's going to find the body till the morning. <laughs> so I, w- I wanted to actually try playing it a bit before I went to bed. So I switched it back to a more palatable, I don't know, a less sane, more sane, a less challenging movement system and played it a bit. And it's quite fun. It's quite fun. I haven't got very far. And I've never really played Mist either, so I don't really know. But your puzzle skills are intact. Oh, abilities. What was it? Skills. Well, puzzle I don't know. It's very different. Well, it's that thing, because people call it a puzzle game, but it's obviously very different to the other kinds of puzzle games I usually play. Because the sort of puzzle games I have been playing have mostly been these programming type puzzle games, or I guess at best, like Steven Sausage Roll or like Starseed Pilgrim. Is Starseed Pilgrim even a puzzle game? Maybe not. Witness. The Witness, well, the wit. So the Witness, uh, certainly the Witness, Space Chem, Infinifactory, Shenzhen IO, are all about one kind of puzzle and executing that puzzle well. Whereas Obduction is more like, I guess, a point-and-click game where more abstract thinking, plug this into that, pull this lever. Can I go off on a tangent quickly? Yes. Have you heard about Zelda Escape Rooms? Oh, I saw this. There's even a trailer. I, I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, though. I haven't watched the trailer either. I feel like we should watch the trailer. Let's watch the trailer. Hey, listen. Oh, I learned nothing. That trailer told me absolutely nothing. Link gets a dungeon, we get a room, and it, and it takes six of us. Have you have you done an escape room? No. Okay, I have done a few, and they're always not as much fun as I was hoping. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, they are fun, but it's not the life-changing experience that I was hoping for. In terms of the bonding that happens, or the the uh, the puzzles themselves? Well, I think in my head, I'm... It's funny to have this Zelda escape room now because I'm always imagining that it's going to be like a Zelda dungeon. It's like, there's going to be traps. There's going to be boxes to climb on and push. There's going to be chests to open. And actually, it's kind of like, yay. You get a table is what you're told. (laughs) You get a table and here's a padlock. Enjoy. The table and some... And it says, note down everything that you see and think of. Great. (laughs) I think escape rooms as well are... You know, they've been designed from the LucasArts school of puzzles where it's like, yeah, do this really weird abstract thing that the puzzle designer thought was really obvious, but you totally don't. I phrased that really badly, but whatever. You you either see it straight away and you think, oh, that was that was neat. Or you're there an hour later and like, can I have a hint? (laughs) Are you crushing escape rooms? No, I don't think we've ever successfully done an escape room. All the escape rooms I've been in, we have failed. Do you blame yourself or the people around you? <laughs> it's like, I blame my teammates. They're holding me back. No, I think we're all failing equally. Oh, 
Oh, how fair. How fair. I'm equal opportunities when it comes to failure. I like to spread it around. Success, however. <laughs> Success, however, belongs to me. It's, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, they're difficult. Well, I don't know. The, the ones I have tried, we've not, we've not successfully done any of them. Finally? Finally? Finally what? Diablo 3. Oh, uh, we were all playing Diablo 3. We should talk about Diablo 3 and why you're playing so much of it. It's just quite cathartic. What's cathartic? Diablo 3. Just R- blow things up. Explosions. You can't really fail. That's it. Well, I mean, Diablo 3 is, even as the Diablo games go, particularly mindless. There's no decisions to be made. It's literally... Left or right. Straight down. Yeah, like every decision has a right answer and a wrong answer. The right answer is the one that makes your DPS number go up. Diablo 2 is more nuanced. You've got the skill tree... You've got to put your skill points in. You've got to put your attribute points in. There are synergies between the skills. You've got to think, oh, what's my build going to be? I'm going to focus on this skill. I should put enough points in to max this skill. That means I should save points on these levels. That means I should, you know, eventually I'm going to want these synergies so I can spend these points now, etc., etc., etc. Diablo 3, there's no skill tree. Diablo 3, I'm a wizard, so... The obvious way to make my spells more powerful is to carry this big hammer. Uh? That's not how this works. Actually, in Diablo 3 it is. And yet, it's fun because pretty explosions and lightning rainbows. Special sunflowers. I don't know. Unicorn happy fun times. Just rainbows. Stuff happens. There's just like stuff happens. Big numbers appear. Gold. Lots of gold and loots. Actually, Diablo 3, when it first came out, was a depressing grind fest that was like, hey, you can make this depressing grind fest less depressing. Just spend some real money to buy the good stuff. And then nobody bought the good stuff. Everyone was like, this is shit. And then you had a whole bunch of people botting and grinding for gear to sell it for the real money auction house to try and make a quick buck or not even a quick buck, a grindy, boring as hell buck. Sorry, sorry. Vitriol slipping out. Anyway, so I didn't play it for years, but now we've bought it again on the PS4. The auction house is long gone. The console version has been... Well, actually, I thought the console version had been dumbed down because, like, you don't buy potions anymore. You've got one potion that just magically heals you. It turns out that they just did that in the patch. The PC's the same now. I don't know when they did it, but in, in at some point between the boring grind fest and loot pinata party time, which is what it's like now, they just streamlined everything. And it's really fun. It's just literally handing out legendaries all the time. It's like magic item, magic item, rare item, legendary item. Woohoo! There's no limit then. I'm always intrigued by how they do this. There's no limit. That number's just going to keep going up. Yes. I think you start ending up doing billions of damage. I don't know. I haven't played it that long. I mean, none of our characters have hit max level, have they? Nope. Because we were all playing together, and then I went off-piste and just did like an extra 10 or 20 levels worth of leveling because I was having fun. And then you lot have then played it since when I couldn't make it, and I think we were The router broke. So we're at parity again. Yeah. Which is good. So we've got Act 5 to play through. Yes, we Which I have never played before because, you know, it wasn't out when I first bought it on PC. So that should be fun. We've just started that. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? 
No, because everyone has ranged attacks, and my monk is. By the time I get there, it's all over. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like, where's the enemy? Oh, oh, it's dead. Where's someone? Oh. And meanwhile, I'm at the back, like lazily, like waving my arms around. Uh, death ray, death ray, death ray, fire tornado, death ray. Yeah. Sorry, Ting. Yeah, I'm the kid that you just led on the team because he he's he really wants to be part of it, but he's not needed. I'm just chasing the enemies, but not really for any reason because everyone has range attacks. All three of you. Yeah, you're right. Because jo- just name dropping again, John was playing a crusader who was also a melee character. And he was like, this character's not fun. I'm going to change to the witch doctor and I'm going to throw exploding frogs. And now we're all range characters. There aren't any more range characters. What are there? You can switch to the necromancer whenever the hell that comes out. Yeah, when that comes out. When, when is that coming out? Don't know, next year. Yeah, I did say the necromancer is just the emo witch doctor. I don't really understand why, of, you know, of all the characters to bring back, because it's another pet class it's just that instead of throwing frogs you're throwing teeth or bone spears and instead of summoning weird voodoo dogs you're just summoning skeletons yeah bone shield so i'm not sure what the deal is with that but um, also those diablo one dungeons are in test yeah that sounds more interesting I'm that quite... happened quickly yeah i'm quite excited about that is Diablo going to be at the bottom of the dungeon? They should do the Diablo 2 dungeon. Oh, you know what, though? This is all nostalgia. This is all just freaking nostalgia. It's like, remember when... You haven't been watching South Park, have you? No. Yeah. In South Park, they pointed out that just, like, nostalgia is just, like, lazy. It's like, remember Chewbacca? You know, remember the Death Star? It's like, oh, I love the Death Star. I love member Chewbacca. There's these member berries, and they just remember things. And they, like, you know, they make you reminisce about a simpler time. Whatever. That's how I feel about Diablo 2. I haven't actually played it recently. It's probably going to be like, oh, this is shit. Why is it so zoomed in? Your, yeah, your memory's really faulty. Yeah, it's all roasted into glasses. As is mine, by the way. Remember Sorceress? Remember Meteor? Remember Frozen Orb? Oh, I love Frozen Orb. I don't know. I love your impressions. Yeah, they're terrible, though. You haven't watched South Park. If you're watching South Park one day, it's like, this doesn't sound anything like what Mike was doing. Don't worry, my memory's faulty, so it'll sound exactly like what Mike was doing. So, we've both been playing Diablo 3. Yeah. What have you been playing that I've not been playing? Playing FIFA 17. <laughs> <laughs> it's a football game. 22 men kicking a ball around. Do you play it on your own? Yeah, I do. Only so I practice, so I don't let Kez down. But the lag is too immense from Europe to Asia. That's what I keep telling myself. Because so, I'm not very good. So, when you play with him, are you playing versus or are you playing cooperatively? 2v2. Oh, 2v2. Interestingly, it allows for that. So who is the other... Oh, is it you and him versus two others? Yeah. Two other inappropriate word inserted here, people. (laughs) And so are you winning or are you losing? We had one disconnect. We disconnected. Kez's internet went down. We're winning. First time we were just shit. (laughs) This happens because I find I really cannot multitask. And if you find this... I really cannot multitask, and I'll admit this openly. What, what counts as multitasking? So I'm trying to have a chat with Kez whilst we're playing this game, and I can't do both. I can see why people say driving and talking is a hazard. I don't think anybody is good at multitasking. I think people are just varying degrees of bad at it. 
so I can't play FIFA whilst talking or trying to be interesting. And also, I'm I'm slow playing Twilight Princess. Yeah, that's your other game on the go, and it's also on your backlog, isn't it? Yeah. How far have you got? Water Temple. Is that like the fourth dungeon? Uh, third dungeon. <laughs> you, I don't understand. I'm really proud of my my progress. <laughs> You'll only mock it. You'll only laugh at. I'm only kidding. Actually, I'm just being deliberately difficult. Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess. That's the one with the wolf, isn't it? And Midna. I'm really enjoying it. It's funny because I remember it being not that good, but then I also remember that when I bought it, I obsessively played it, like from getting home, leaving work early to get home to play it, and then playing it like till three in the morning. And I think I finished it within a week. When? Whenever the hell it came out, I bought it like release day. Give me a year. It must have been sometime. It was like 2006 or something. When did it come out? Oh, so you could leave work early. I can leave work early sometimes, yeah. Crazy, you were sleeping at 3am. We make it sound like it was a thing back then, but it's not a thing, it's normal. It's actually more normal for me to have been sleeping at crazy o'clock and being tired than to not be. You've been tired for the last 15 years. (laughs) This actually happened to someone else. I was having a chat with someone, they said, oh, I've been so tired the last two weeks. And I was like, lol, I've been tired the last 10 years. Yeah, you're still smiling. (laughs) Oh, we can finally move on. We can finally move on. We're not going to say any more at Twilight Princess. I don't know what else there is to say about it. You're having fun. You're going to finish it. I'm definitely going to finish it. Okay, fine. That's it. That's, I have nothing more to say. Yeah. Okay, so this week... Okay, recently. Should I say this week? Oh, whatever. As we're recording this podcast, this week... Dishonored 2 came out. And we have a history with, with Dishonored. I was quite keen to find out how it reviewed... But I had to wait because Bethesda's review policy has changed and, well, has changed. They Actually, they changed it a while back, didn't they? But this is the first game that's really been impacted by it? No. Okay. This is certainly the first one I've noticed anyway. I was kind of surprised that Dishonored 2 was out because I was kind of expecting reviews and hype for it. And then I suddenly started seeing Let's Plays and I was like, huh? It's out? I didn't see any reviews, and then it occurred to me, oh, the review policy. Since they're not giving pre-release copies to anybody anymore, are they? No, they're not. And then I remember this kind of being spun as a, we're doing it for consumers. We're doing it so that everyone gets to enjoy the game at the same time. Not that those scummy reviewers will get to enjoy it first and tell you what you should think. But... The flip side of that, of course, is if it's a real stinker, you're not going to get any forewarning. Was it the review establishments feel a bit burned? Yeah, I know. The review establishments are all giving out like, oh, I don't know. They're all just bitching and moaning about it. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> because they get a lot of review traffic in the first two days of release of a product. And, you know, they want their traffic to be driven up at those times, but they... Want, don't want to be party to the previews as well to build up the hype to a game as well now. now it seems a bit crappy if you're asked to interview the developer or the creative director or whoever on a project to build up hype for a game but yet on the flip side they don't get to receive the benefits of put, being able to put up a review on release date when hype for a game is at its highest. Well it's all gone a bit passive aggressive now because they are deliberately trying to 
punish them for changing their review policy? Is that is that a thing? I don't know. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, it's very, very petty. But, I shouldn't say that. Is petty? What, what's wrong with petty? Because it's a big deal, I guess. I guess because we're not part of it, we can just, oh, we can just say, oh, it's just petty. it's not affecting our livelihood. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's, it's like, deal. well, it's not a problem for me, so it's obviously not important. I think I want to talk about how important reviews are to you and, yeah, to you and maybe what you think, how well, important I, you think, I think they are. I think to you more than to me, I think you should say what you think first. I think they're vitally important. A review will tell me everything about a game. You know this, because I can't think for myself. You value Metacritic very highly, and you value professional reviews very highly. Yeah, because these are people who play too many games for their own good, so they know what they're talking about. And as you already know, as we already know, our time is valuable. I don't know. I think reviewers are just professional snobs, and they're just, you know, reviewers don't have the same opinions as normal people. Then again, I'm also a snob, and I don't have the same opinions as normal people, so... You're just not paid to be a snob. You're just just a snob. Yeah, that's right. I can afford just to be a snob for free. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just being really difficult now. I was going to go, like, amateur snob, but you've actually made it sound much more impressive. Is it an auteur? No, I don't know what the word is. Yes, I'm like post-snob. <laughs> yeah, because I was saying to you that I actually don't particularly... These days, I'm not actually that fussed about professional reviews. And I think maybe this is why Bethesda feels like they can enact this review policy now, because they're not beholden anymore to these professional publications that review games. Before, they were relying very much on them to drive up hype, to drive up sales. If you got a good review, that would translate into sales. And you had to court these publications and get them to give you column inches, I guess, or pages, it's not a newspaper, of review coverage and hype and pre-release hype and whatever. Nowadays, just give it to a streamer. You're going to get far better outreach that way. You know, why am I playing Sunless Sea? Because I watched a Let's Play about it and I really liked the look of it. Why am I suddenly interested in Tyranny for similar reasons? I started watching a Let's Play about it and then I thought, uh, oh, maybe this is the one I should enjoy for myself. I don't want to be spoiled any more than this intro movie. You just watched an intro movie and that was enough for you. <laughs> That's what you just said to me. Something like that. So I, I'm not so fussed about reviews now. So Bethesda are targeting people like you. Yeah, because, you know, it's the future. You're more relevant than me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm more millennial than you. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> what What's post-millennial? What comes after millennials? Do they not matter yet? They're too young to make a difference. We just have to, we have to coin the phrase now, write the book now, then we, or, then we own it. What, what, what are they going to be? What are they going to be? Think of it. Billennials. No. <laughs> Have they gone just X, Y, Z? Generation Z. Have they done that? The zombie generation. Yeah. Boom. Boom. (laughs) That was like the least committed boom. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. It's trivial boom. It's a a trivial boom. It's like obvious, guys. Come on. It's trivial. So have any Dishonored 2 reviews actually come out? Is it reviewed favourably? I'm still in two minds about it. I actually quite enjoyed Dishonored. I know you really didn't. Looking back on it, 
I might play some more. So next book club game, Dishonored 2? No, I'm just kidding. I'll okay. play Dishonored. I might play some more Dishonored. Because I was watching a review and they treat it like a sandbox game. That's something I definitely did not do when I was playing it. I felt so hampered by the stupid stealth, no, the non, well, what's the right word here? Non, non-lethal, non-lethal kills. You, you were, it's because you were trying to get all the achievements instead ru- of having fun. I ruined the game for myself. This is the problem with achievements. This is a whole conversation for another time. Cause the opposite thing happened with infinite. When I failed, I still persevered because I had no, no, I couldn't just quickly press F9. The second I was detected, I just pressed F9 to reload the save. There was no persevering and trying to rescue myself from that situation. I enjoyed Infinite for that reason. I just think it's sad about Dishonored because you stopped playing just before Lady Boyle's party, which is so good. That's like the best level. I may come back to you. I've been thinking about it a lot. Granted, I'm not doing anything else at work. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're totally taking the. You're into like la 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 la. You can just do whatever you like now. Yeah. What else? What happened with No Man's Sky? Last time I heard you just you got in just the shit on it. <laughs> yeah, I was joking. It's like, oh, I'm gonna bitch about this game. I'm, you know, if I want to get in with the zeitgeist, I have to do it now. Um, bu- 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 bu. it's funny because there was so much hype about it and it came out on console a week before PC and it actually got reasonably positive coverage on console. Well, on PS4, it was only PS4, wasn't it? And as soon as it came out on PC, immediately the dial turned from, yeah, it's pretty good to this is complete bullshit. This is a massive turd. I think it's because PC games are just used to better. Yeah. I, I can't remember where I read it, but it was pointed out that on console, No Man's Sky is relatively novel. There aren't many other games where you can have this free roaming universe type sandboxy thing, even if it's a very shallow sandbox. I mean, it's practically just a sprinkling of sand on a tarpaulin. Whereas on PC, you've got so many choices and you've got elite dangerous you've got star citizen you've got innumerable games from the gaming past so on pc it definitely does not hold up i bought it on console it was all right for a couple of hours but yeah all from the hype all because of the hype yeah i just wanted to experience it i wanted to be part of it and i bought it and it was kind of what i expected it to be which is to say a disappointment but i was expecting to be disappointed so it's like this gave me exactly what i was expecting fair play it gave you disappointment it gave me disappointment and that's exactly what you expected (laughs) that's right and i was like sean murray enjoy my money my my favorite thing was when i think they decided eventually that it was a hack wasn't it when he the hello games was it hello games or was it his personal one tweeted out no man's sky was a mistake and then there was a lot of hanging and confusion about whether he'd posted it in some fit of honesty or whether it was a hack. And I think they eventually decided it was a hack. They decided it was a hack. <laughs> yeah, not that it's just he'd been drinking too much. <laughs> he'd had a four loco. And... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I'm obsessed with four loco. <laughs> we want that sponsorship deal now, guys. Have you got the hint? 
it's, it's banned everywhere. That's why I was so shocked to see it. Are we gonna... We're going to bring it back to Asia. It's going to succeed. We should just send an email out. We're a podcast. We've got um, an advertising slot. We just want free for loco. <laughs> We're just going to be like, every podcast episode after this is going to be like this rambling, drunken mess. Like this really like energetic, confused mess. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Pre-orders. You were saying that reviews aren't even affect pre-orders now, given how the pre-order bonuses are given out these days. On Steam, and I think the games that I have bought as digital downloads on PSN as well, if you buy it within the first week of release, you get the pre-order stuff anyway. I'm not sure if this applies to all pre-order bonuses, but it's certainly applied to Deus Ex Mankind Divided, No Man's Sky, Destiny... So a lot of the games that I have bought recently, I did not pre-order them, but I still got the pre-order bonus because I bought it within a week of release. So pre-order bonuses, having to wait for reviews and them being after release in order to get the pre-order bonus, not so much of a factor now. And also just in general, don't pre-order. It's usually a bad idea. But you still pre-ordered. What, what did I pre-order? I'm trying to think. What did I pre-order? Did I actually pre-order Mankind Divided? <laughs> I can't remember. I do I do remember I did pre-order something that I should, you know, I was thinking I should, you know, don't pre-order. And then I just pre-ordered something a week later. I was like, I was weak. I just did it. Maybe it was Dark Souls 3. But it's okay to pre-order Dark Souls 3. I don't feel I would have judged you. Yeah, I was always going to buy Dark Souls 3. I want to say you pre-ordered Mankind Divided. I think I may have done. It's just so funny because everyone was, everyone was talking about how terrible the pre-order system for Mankind Divided was. Do you remember it had the whole augment your pre-order and you have to choose this or that? And then you get it a few days before? Oh, no, they, they got rid of that. And then they got rid of the whole thing. And then I think I might have completely forgotten about it and then just bought it the day before it came out or something dumb like that. Oh, both the memories are faulty. Memory is a difficult thing, especially when you're getting older. I'm always worried that my memory's unreliable as well now. I'm always looking back to think, did that really happen to me? Or have I just been lying to myself for the last 15 years? I was listening to, in terms of like other fascinating ones, I was listening to a podcast called Rationally Speaking, which is from the New York Skeptic Society. And there was an episode about the fallibility of memory and how you can implant false memories into people by suggesting things if they're not, if they're not, if they're not on guard for you it's essentially inception basically like inception in real life and you know they managed to incept false memories into people of things like they went to disneyland and bugs bunny met them and then they and they they were convinced it was a real memory until it was pointed out to them bugs bunny is warner brothers not disney so this memory must be false we implanted it in you and they were like what mind blown as an adult as an adult yeah well not as a child no, no, no. So in this study, they were told that the study was about this, but the study was actually about whether false memories could be implanted. And they managed to incept in them this memory of meeting Bugs Bunny at Disneyland. Was it un- un- easy? Was it too easy? I don't know. I mean, to us, the podcast wasn't really about that. That was just one of the examples of how this is a real thing, false memories and the faultiness of memory. So... Maybe it is all wrong. I don't know. I certainly do not remember what I pre-ordered. <laughs> to go back onto topic, I think I did pre-order something recently, but I can't remember what it was. 
But in general now, I would say smart people don't pre-order, but then also everybody's dumb sometimes, like me. So, you know, I don't follow my own advice. Unless it's hardware, which leads us nicely on to hardware launches. Because I pre-order my PS4. <laughs> yeah, wait, you had a launch day PS4. I haven't, because I haven't, I think we went through this and the only launch day console I bought was an N64. You pre-ordered that one. I do not remember. I honestly, I know, I can honestly say that at this point, I do not remember. But I think I had it within certainly a few weeks of launch. I'm not sure if it was really launch day, but I had it very soon after launch. Seriously, three years ago, I've never thought that I would not be able to recall something. That my history was so extended that I would not be able to recall something that happened in my previous, like, years crazy n64 was a long time ago though now yeah now back then it wasn't so long ago <laughs> what kind of statement is that is that like well 20 years ago no like five one years ago was not a long time ago well five years ago i would have thought i'm always going to recall the, the years before in my life do you know what i mean yeah but five years ago you're an idiot <laughs> i'm kidding oh at least you're saying i'm not one now i hope <laughs> yeah you've grown older and wiser yeah, I'm surprised too, but I genuinely don't remember. So let's go back to why we're talking about hardware launches. So this week we saw the PS4 Pro launch. And the NES Mini. Just about this week, yeah. Just about this week, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're being very generous with our dates. Have you read that the NES Mini is on eBay and it's selling for like... Crazy money. Because it's what, $60, is it? RRP. It's like three times that they're selling it. For. Yeah, I've seen it selling for hundreds of dollars. I saw, I saw a bundle of ten of them selling for thirty thousand. I mean, no one's going to buy that unless they're like money laundering or something. But that's just insane. It's a freaking NES. Just emulate it, man. I mean, wink, wink. Buy it on Virtual Console. I mean, come on. And the other talking, the talking point from the PlayStation 4 Pro release is that some games are performing worse off when running 1080p. We talked about the PS4 Pro a while back and you said, are you going to buy one? I was like, yeah, yeah, I may as well get one. He's like, when? It's like, oh, just, if I'm going to get one. I may as well just get one. I'll get one straight away. And then obviously it's come out and no, I have not bought one. And now I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not going to get one because if you do not have a 4K TV, which I don't, it seems to be completely pointless. It's actually detrimental to have one. So I think what everyone was expecting to happen was that you could run games in PlayStation mode or PlayStation 4 mode. And if you're running in PlayStation mode, they've just got, you know, the hardware's got much more grunt behind it. So you're going to get a smoother frame rate in the same way that if you're playing on PC and you put, you know, crossfired or SLI'd 1080s in there or whatever and you're running at 1080p, then you're going to get really smooth frame rate. And if you run it at 4K, then you're going to get not so smooth frame rate, but at least you can run it because you've got a lot of graphical horsepower behind it. The PS4 Pro, it seems to be that it will detect, this is a PS4 Pro, I should render it at an internal resolution of 4K or 2K or whatever the hell it's doing, even if your output is 1080p. So bad luck frame rate. Frame rate's actually often worse than a vanilla ps4 and it's something i think the xbox one 
S does better because it'll just put that power behind the game and it'll let it run faster. Yeah, the thing is really, it's a software problem, which is to say it's not really a problem. I'm sure it will be fixed. It could be fixed tomorrow with a patch and games that come out from this point on, now that they know the PS4 Pro is a thing, will probably be coded more sensibly or just written more like a PC game to naturally take advantage of the power if it's there or not if it's not. So maybe it's not really a problem. But even so, right now, there's definitely no reason to get one. There's only downside. So unless I'm going to spend a lot of money and buy a 4K TV, and I do not think now is the time to get a 4K TV because I made this mistake once before. Did you? I bought a Gen 1 1080 TV and it said 1080p on the box. And technically it was 1080p because the panel supported 1080p, but the inputs did not support 1080p. This is like read the small print. So if you were doing still images, which is, you know, if you're showing a still image, it doesn't really matter what, you know, whether it's P or I. It could do 1080p and it looked nice. But, you know, the HDMI port, you know, they only supported 1080i. And I don't know if you if you can remember back then, but the official HDTV standards were 720p or 1080i. 1080p wasn't actually part of the original standard. So it could advertise that it was a TV that did 1080p, the panel, and still officially supported the, the HDTV standard, which was 1080i. And so that was a disappointment. So, yeah, I don't really want to buy a Gen 1 4K TV. I'm sure they've got similar small print problems. So you play on your PS3 or Xbox? Well, PS3 and Xbox mostly output 720p anyway. It's interesting how we had to compromise on the panels back then because I had a 480p thing, but I somehow managed to convert that HDMI into a VGA signal and played stuff and it looked better than before still. Noticeably better. But I think there's basically the section as well. I think what we're going to say is how disappointing it is to, to pre-order consoles and get them day one. Yeah, that's right. It's like, what was the point of this section again? We're just reminiscing. We're just membering again. Member PS4. Yeah. So as much as we hype up new consoles, actually, this end up disappointing us. So what you're telling me is that you're not going to buy a Nintendo Switch on day one. No, I'm you're- not going to buy one day one. More for me. I'm going to buy one day one, sucker. You'd have to push me out the way. <laughs> As we're dashing towards the the stack of consoles. Yeah, I'm totally hyped for the Nintendo Switch. I'm actually really excited, weirdly. I really want to buy one. I think it's because I missed out on the Wii U. That was the other thing I said. It's like, there's so many things I won't do on principle. Like, iPhone 7, no headphone jack, no sale. Final Fantasy Tactics on iOS. There's separate iPad and iPhone versions Go fuck yourself. I'm not buying it twice. I'm going to buy it zero times. Wii U, region lock, get out of here. But Nintendo Switch, OMG, I want one. So they haven't disappointed me yet. They haven't offended me yet. So it doesn't matter if there's no game for you. There's going to be Breath of the Wild. Maybe not launch day, it sounds like. You don't need anything. You really don't. Yeah, I just need an expensive paperweight. There's going to be something good in it. Nintendo, Nintendo, wait, yeah, nin- okay. Talking about launch day consoles and what games are available on launch day. 
that's a good angle to take on this, I think. Yes. So, launch day PS4, what did you get? Battlefield 4. <laughs> was that any good? No, it was missing a lot of things. We couldn't even party up. It's crazy. Some of the most entertaining YouTube videos are Battlefield launch day glitches, like every Battlefield game, except maybe Battlefield 1. I think it's generally been quite good, but the the glitches are usually funny as. But okay, my Nintendo 64 day one, Super Mario 64. That sounds much better. <laughs> rocking, crushing. That was amazing. On the Wii... Oh, I had a I had a launch day Wii actually. I completely forgot the Wii existed as a console, probably because it was just so meh in the end. But uh Wii Sports. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Well it was pretty good as a fun party game anyway. Only if you're good though. If you're losing to your mum, <laughs> it's not good at all. I remember a friend who didn't really play many computer games totally, totally destroyed me at Wii Sports Boxing. And I was like, that was a fluke. Come on, let's do this again. Best of three. And he just completely destroyed me. For once, I'm not going to just name drop a random name that means nothing to anyone. But if you're listening to this, you know who you are. I do not understand how you're so good at Wii Sports Boxing. You're like sort of Wii Sports Boxing savant. <laughs> but that was the most random of them all, though. Yeah, he beat me at bowling too. I was, I was sad. I think I'm just not good at the Wii. You have bad technique. Bad technique. Or yeah. <laughs> the Wii doesn't recognise your technique. Yeah, that's right. That's right. My my thumb skills mean nothing here. Years of playing on a gamepad, wiggly waggly. I just don't have the skill. Where did you want to go? Did you want to go through certain launches and the games that came with them and build hope? Or are you building a case for... Nintendo having good game launches. What, what do we I get? think? I think compared to well, as the thing, like I'm, I guess I'm trying to imply, PlayStation launch games, little whiffy, Xbox launch games. Similarly, have they stood the test of time? I'm not sure, but Nintendo launch games have all been top notch. I think the Switch is going to knock it out of the park. I bought Luigi's Mansion with my GameCube. Oh yeah, Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> I got that GameCube quite early on, though. Yeah, was Luigi's Mansion any good? I'm not sure. No. Oh, it was fun. Was Mario Sunshine a launch game? No. Yeah. Mm, That's what I was thinking, too. But it's rumoured that... It's currently rumoured that Breath of the Wild is going to miss the launch, but Super Mario Switch... Well, you know, obviously no one really knows what it's called, but that that Super Mario 64 slash Sunshine-esque game will be a launch title. That's the rumour, isn't it? Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Just might be an endless runner. Oh, I would not be okay with that. Yeah, that would be a, that would be an amazing troll if it's like a behind the shoulder endless runner. That would be a top troll from Nintendo. I would salute them and not buy a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> also January's quite soon. We'll be, we will be able to fit in a predictions episode. Consider this the predictions episode. Come on, give your predictions now achievements it's going to have achievements because they've got dna backing their networking infrastructure you know how they're going to do the they're going to have to consolidate all the profiles ids that they have right they're not going to ask us to create another ID, (laughs) another nintendo network id achievements thank you i think we seriously have to have 
a whole section on achievements one day, but I would like to put out that achievements make me enjoy the game less. And as you pointed out, I think that's what it did for you for Dishonored as well. Yes. I think if I had more time, I'd enjoy achievements more. I think once I've completed a playthrough, the achievements mean everything to me. You don't understand. PSM, I, I'm too excited. I can't, can't get the right words here. PSMprofiles.com. I've got you on there. Kez on there. Mobus on the Kevin on there. I'm just, I have your IDs all memorized. And I just type it in that. <laughs> like, How many people are stalking me? The same thing has happened. Other people have been going, I see you've been playing Sunless Sea. It's like, how are you seeing I'm playing a Sunless Sea? It's like, oh, I was looking at your Steam profile. Why are you looking at my Steam profile? What, why, why have you made it public? Touche. Why have I put it on the blog? Why have I said, everyone look at my Steam profile. Look at what I'm playing. Why are you looking at what I'm playing? OMG, this invasion of privacy. Yeah. The funny thing is, I described it as, oh yeah, I'm playing that ship game. It's like, that shit game? Why are you playing it? It's like, no, no, the ship game. I'm enjoying it. Why not call it the pirate game? I'm not a pirate. I legitimately pay for this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being silly now. But all those... Oh, God, I don't want to make it a thing. All those special sunflowers want to know what you're doing. Following you, worshipping you. I'm not sure that's quite what they're doing. Yeah. Do you have anything more to say? I feel like we've gone on quite a long time already. We've gone on long enough. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. You can find us on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. Can you find us on Reddit? Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. Oh, and we're done. And we're done. But one more thing. What was Mike grateful for this time? These last few weeks. Last two weeks. Or, <laughs> or since the last episode. We've had options as the last one. Can't use that one again. Oh. I forgot we were turning this into a feature. Hmm, this has become a regular thing. This is going to become a regular thing. Until you stop complaining. I just really enjoy complaining. I'm sorry. I can't help it. You can't be grateful for complaining. <laughs> Let's be clear here. I'm grateful that I have a mouth so I can complain. What am I grateful for? I don't know how serious you want me to be. Serious enough. Serious enough. Serious and heartfelt. It's like, I could be grateful for my health. That? I'm allowed that? Yeah. Dude, yeah. these are your easy ones. Yeah, you see, I'm getting, I'm getting all the important ones out of the way. I'm grateful for my health. Because you know what? That's the thing. This is like, oh, this is Mike's thought for the day now. You never really appreciate it until you're sick. And then you think, I feel so awful. I never think about how not awful I feel when I'm not sick. So even though I'm tired... That's actually completely normal for me. I feel fine. So there you go. I'm grateful for my health. Yeah, fine. Let's get the important ones out of the way first. Okay, we're, are we really done now? Am I allowed to go? Yeah, you're allowed to go. I'm just saying... Is we're this class dismissed? We're very different people. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What are you grateful for? I don't take my health for granted. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm being schooled by serious ting. It's fine. I feel like flippant, ludicrous Mike is being schooled by proper mindfulness meditating ting we can leave <laughs> we can leave it at that okay i think it's get it's get it's all gotten too real now bye 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 <laughs>